This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for joining us. On this broadcast, we will be airing highlights of the second in a series of panel discussions hosted at the Dennis Wicker Civic Center in Sanford. This time, the conversation is hosted by the Arts Career Community of Central Carolina Community College. The programs in this career community focus on the creative and on the social, and also can help a student that is looking to advance towards a degree at a four-year college or university. Here are the panelists for this discussion. My name is Trisha Williamson. I was hired at a TV station at the CW. I'm a digital content producer there where I do basically everything. Anything that my channel puts online, it goes through me. Jan Hayes. I've worked in the nonprofit area for many years. I was the director of the United Way of Lee County for 10 years most recently and then started a consulting business. So we consult in economic development, education, and nonprofit. Shadi Wicker, I'm a speech language pathologist. I am a recent grant recipient of the RISE program where I opened my own private practice here in Sanford called Sankofa Pediatric Therapy. So I currently serve in schools, home health and preschools. Seth Hoyle spent two years working at the Chapel Hill Chamber of Commerce doing communications work. And then most recently, about two months ago, I started as the marketing director at the Temple Theater. And facilitating the discussion is the college's dean of arts and STEM, Dr. Christy Holmes. I just want to start with the first question and talk a little bit about how you chose either your academic path, your degree path, or your career, and how you came up with that idea or what sparked that interest in you. Is by accident an answer? Mm -hmm. Um, I was in the Air Force and I knew that I did not want to be in the Air Force anymore, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. We moved back here and I was lucky enough to fall back on family. And I actually came to CCCC with my husband who was going to be doing a tour. And in the same hallway, I saw a radio station and I saw a TV station and I walked in and Cassandra Lyles, I talked to her. She walked me through the radio station. She walked me through the TV station. And I had had a little bit of experience in high school as a video yearbook editor. So I knew what I was getting myself into. And I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And so (laughs) I signed up that day. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to dive in with both feet and see where it takes me. And it was a good chance. And I'm very glad I took it. For me, it was also by accident. I started out as a political science major at North Carolina State until I took my first political science course. And then I said, I quickly need to pivot from this decision. I wanted to go to law school, but, you know, after being in that class, I thought that maybe I should try a new major. And I loved English in high school, so that was something that I kind of landed on. During that time, I studied abroad, and I spent a summer in Peru. So... Fulfilling those course requirements for English, I also did some Spanish language courses and ultimately decided to major in Spanish as well. And then once I graduated from NC State, I kind of took some time off to decide exactly what I wanted to do. Well, I am not a lawyer today, so, you know, my mind changed then. I worked in a preschool program here at Warren Williams, and I saw a speech-language pathologist assistant who was bilingual. And I thought that was so amazing. I could use all these skills that I've acquired at NC State and apply it to something new. You get to work with students on a one-on-one level. And I quickly decided that that's what I wanted to do. So I applied for the program at UNCG, but I didn't have the course requirements necessary 
to go ahead and pursue that master's program. So I ended up doing a year prerequisite program before applying to graduate school. And once that was completed, you know, I applied to graduate school and ended up going to UNCG. But after that, there were so many venues that I could have taken as a speech-language pathologist. There's medical settings that you can enter in addition to working with children in a more educational or academic setting. So I decided after several internships to pursue pediatrics. So here I am today, and I worked for that private practice again for eight years before deciding to do what I'm doing today. My career path was going to be nursing, and I went to Peace College. It's now William Peace University. It was a two-year girls' school at the time, and I took all of the microbiology and all of these classes to be a nurse. Quickly, I realized that that was not where I was going to be spending my life. So after one semester, I transferred to Meredith and found my place in sociology and social work. And that was where I felt like I wanted to do something to make a difference in my community and to help people. That was in a way that I could make that difference. And then I always wanted to go back to school and get my master's. I did not do that when I graduated. And by the time I got it, it was not social work that I was interested in getting a master's in. So at 45, I entered graduate school at NC State and got my master's in liberal studies. So the night of my 50th birthday, I wrote my last paper and hit send. (laughs) And that was about 18 years ago. So now you know how old I am. (laughs) So I grew up very active in the arts and doing theater. And I would sing at church and draw a little bit. And so I was always active in the arts. And part of going to CCCC, in my mind, was I was going to be able to be in shows at the temple. So that worked out really well. And a lot of people get something wrong about the arts, and they think they're entirely different things, but they're different mediums, but all you're really doing is storytelling. And so when I got to UNC Chapel Hill and I started studying marketing, I realized very quickly that's all marketing is, too. So I just realized, yes, that's what I'm going to do because this is what I've been doing my whole life. And a couple months ago, when Peggy Taphorn, who's the producing artistic director over at the Temple, called me and said the job is open, I said, when do I start? Because it's sort of the perfect marriage of all of the avenues that I've pursued my entire life. Tell us about a challenge that you had to overcome in your educational or professional journey. Either one can be school or work. What did you encounter and how did you handle that challenge? And it can be large, small, your choice. So my degree at CCCC was fairly straightforward, but I actually hold three degrees. I have associates in weather technology that I got when I was in the Air Force. I worked 12-hour shifts and I deployed and I still got my degree. The same thing happened when I got my English degree. I have a Bachelor of Arts in English from University of Maryland. Well, I didn't have a full-time job then, but I kind of did because I was a stay-at-home mom to two kids. So there were a lot of things taking up a lot of time in my life at that point. And if I had to take it one class at a time, I did one class at a time. I carved out those hours that I needed to do so that I could get those degrees. And when I was in Kuwait, I was taking a English class and I would sit and, you know, read the Odyssey. That was the book I was reading at the time. And then, you know, give a weather forecast to the warrant officers going into Iraq. So it was a little bit odd, but it was something that I knew that I wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted to get that under my belt. So 
I took the time and I did what I needed to do and I stayed up late and got that degree. My hardship is probably currently just building and developing a private practice. In graduate school, they don't teach you how to be a business owner. They teach you how to be a therapist, but actually opening a practice, billing insurances, contacting schools or just different educational systems to secure those contracts is not something that we're taught. So it has involved me putting a lot of time in and a lot of tears and just working really hard to secure those things that I need to be a business owner. For me, it's not that it's necessarily so hard, but it just takes a different level of commitment that, again, was not taught or explained in the past. So it's definitely been worth the journey, I will say. I have had so many people advocating for me in this community, just mentioning my name in rooms that I otherwise wouldn't appear in. So it's been phenomenal, just a really bittersweet situation. And, you know, I'm really thankful for the path. And, you know, still working at it and still doing what I need to do to make sure that it's a success. One of the biggest challenges for me was to transition to going to graduate school at 45. Didn't know much about technology other than very basic. Two of my children were in college. They had to teach me how to write a paper using a computer and using all of these references and how to do all of this. When I went to college, we used World Book and we went to the library and looked all this stuff up. So it was quite a challenge, but a grand challenge that I did succeed, or mostly, I guess, because I did get my master's. But but that was the technology was just has been a it was a huge challenge for me. So I overcame it, and now I'm very comfortable with that. My first year at UNC Chapel Hill, there was a little bug going around campus. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, called COVID. Campus shut down, and I'm very much a face-to-face, meet-you, shake-your-hand kind of person. So group projects became difficult. Just getting through and learning the material became difficult because it's hard to pay attention to Zoom sometimes. But getting through that year, clearly that's not a unique challenge. But getting through college during COVID was probably one of the more difficult things I've had to do. What advice do you have for students currently interested in a humanities or liberal arts degree who may be part of our associate in arts degree here at the college and are still trying to figure out what they want to do? What advice in general would you have for them? I would say be open If you're taking a class, sign up for something you've never heard of or you've never tried because it might be what you want to do with your life, especially when you're here and before you get to the university, you have a lot more freedom in where you can go because you haven't really declared a major because you're not there yet. So when you're looking at your course catalog, if you see something that you might not even know what it is, I would sign up for it and just see if you like it. I think, like Seth mentioned, that it provides you with a variety of things and options and outlets that you can pursue. So for example, because I majored in English, I was able to kind of pivot and go either way. I could choose what type of graduate school program that I wanted to pursue. And I was not as restricted based on what my undergraduate major happened to be. And then likewise, in graduate school, just being able to pursue liberal arts related side of speech language pathology 
technology or pursue the science base in hospital settings or rehab facilities. So just being open and being sure that you have that flexibility to kind of pivot when you need to is, I think, key. Trisha, what would you say that might surprise someone about your current field? I think the versatility of my career that I chose, having the broadcast degree, people think, oh, you're going to go work at a news station or, oh, you're going to be in the radio. But I have gotten better at writing. I have gotten better at editing video. I can go into all kinds of different career fields that way. I'm also <laughs> learning how to do a podcast. So I'm learning how to interview people. And there's so many things that I can do with it and have done with it. It's not as cut and dry of a degree as you would think it was. In marketing, I mean, marketing is one field, but you could be really good at graphic design. You could be really good at talking in front of a camera. You could be really great at sales. There's so many different things in that one field that you can really sort of dig your teeth into and grow your skill set at. So with all of these fields that any students are looking at, there's so many different avenues. Like I said before, you really do need to try as many things as possible just because you might not know what you want to do yet. What is something that you learned that you didn't expect as you entered your work? I did not expect that there would be so much paperwork involved in being a therapist. Um, I spend a lot of my time doing documentation, more so than actually treating patients or children. And it is a necessary evil, I will say. You want to be sure that you are providing services that that child actually needs. But particularly in a school setting, there's IEP meetings, there plan of cares, and various things that you need to do on a consistent basis that sometimes you might have to forego seeing a student in order to do that paperwork. So I think that that was the most surprising thing for me. Working with leaders in the community is extremely challenging. It can be wonderful, but it can be extremely challenging when people don't see your point of view and do not want to fund organizations or governmental agencies or, for instance, the college. When funding sources do not want to fund at the level we believe they should fund, that is a big challenge. There's only so much money, I realize, that goes around, but priorities in our communities, as far as I'm concerned, should be education. Until we have all of our children in our school system, in our community, not going to bed hungry at night and not waking up hungry in the mornings, we will be successful. What's next? in either your education or your career journey? I haven't stopped learning. I'm still taking writing classes. There's a wonderful veterans organization called the Joel Fund. I'm taking writing classes through, so I'm continuing to work on that. But the last year, I've kind of had a baby, uh, not a real baby, but my baby has been my podcast that I was able to, from the ground up, make the idea. I had to sell it to corporate and get approval from them. And then I had to find ways to actually continue the podcast. It's a sports podcast that is associated with our live football. And I'm the host. I'm the interviewer. I'm the person who gets all of the people. I edit it and I put it out there. And it's become the thing that I want to do in life. I love hearing people's stories and I love getting those questions that get them to speak more than me because it's their story, right? And then I get to edit it all together and it's published nationally. It's incredible and I'm so, so lucky to do it. We're reorganizing corporate right now and my goal is to kind of slip in there and start doing it nationally. So that's, that's what I want to do and I hope they let me because I love it. I'm definitely a lifelong learner so I may apply for another program 
TBD. But I just love learning different things. Specifically, I would love to continue to pursue something else in Spanish. But as it stands right now for my private practice, I am at my capacity and I have a wait list, which has been amazing. So looking forward to hiring different therapists and a credentialing specialist or a billing expert to come in and help out. But just really looking forward to growing my business, seeing more children in the community. There aren't many bilingual speech therapists as it stands, but specifically here in Lee County. So I am actively recruiting another therapist for that position. But yeah, just looking forward to seeing what continues to happen and grow within this business. Well, I'm very young for my job. (laughs) So I'm always trying to learn. I'm always asking questions. The organization I work at is actually turning 100 years old next year, so that's going to be a huge project, getting all of those marketing materials ready. But yeah, I haven't looked at grad school yet. I probably will go to grad school somewhere down the line, but learning from the people around me is my top priority the next year, probably. Absolutely. That's a great perspective. This question is really important to me as I talk to employers in the region, and I hear a lot about those durable skills that are really necessary for our students. So it used to be called soft skills. We know we teach a lot of those in the humanities, but what would you say in your experience that has just been the most important durable skill that you would say students should really focus on learning to be successful? And Jan is kicking us off. We have to help people understand that manners are important that you know how to behave, that you know how to shake hands, you know how to look somebody in the eye. I don't know that these kinds of things are being taught. I do think that that is something that is very important, to know how to have a conversation, to look someone in the eye, to not be smacking that gum when you walk in the room. Uh, I think those skills are very important. I think being able to carry a conversation with multiple different types of people, I've always heard that called code switching. But having a wealth of knowledge and being able to sort of talk on different things will really open up your ability to network with people because ultimately that's what's going to get you jobs and that's what's going to cut you deals. In my job as the digital content producer, I'm kind of a unique person in my station because I work with sales, I work with promotions, and I work with production. And so depending on the project that I'm doing, I need to know what their job is, what they need done with what it is that I'm doing. So I had to really research everything that they do. I've never done sales, but I had to learn what their job was so that I could then help them because at the end of the day, my job is to like elevate their work on our digital platforms. So if production needs me to act in a commercial so that they can put it on, I do that. If sales needs me to go down to an event that one of their clients has, I do that. And if promotions needs me to go to GalaxyCon and work their table, I do that. So I would call that, I guess, versatility. Yeah, let's go with versatility on that. Being able to help people who need help and knowing what their job is so that you can help them in the best way. I would say endurance, just being sure that you understand, just like many people up here have said, that there are going to be hardships that everybody encounters, no matter what major you're pursuing or what path you plan on pursuing, but being able to keep going and not giving up despite how hard it is, because, you know, that's just something that's inevitable. I think that would serve you well in your future. 
How do you bring balance to your life with work, family, self-care, and other commitments? Well, I was talking about taking classes while working 12-hour shifts and things like that, but I feel like the hardest balance right now has been being a parent and working. Find a good boss that will work with you. I've had multiple who will do so. But also, how do I put this? Take the vacation. Take the sick days. Don't try to work like you aren't a parent, because I definitely am. And at the end of the day, if my kid gets sick, my kid gets sick. And it's really difficult, right, to have multiple things that you're in charge of. And I'm the only person at work who does what I do. So I make sure that I have everything settled in one place and then I leave it and I go to the other place. And then I leave it so that I can go to the other place. Just kind of giving myself grace and making sure that you don't burn yourself out trying to make everybody happy. Because at the end of the day, that's not gonna happen. I am, in addition to being an SLP, a mom and a wife, My answer to balance is grandparents. (laughs) Because, you know, when my son is away, I'm able to work as hard as I can until he comes back. And, you know, my husband, he has a pretty flexible at-home job. So he gives me that ability to go into work when I need to and really do as much as I can while my son is away or while he has some downtime. But that has really been really, really beneficial for me, just having a great support system. And I know that I would not be able to do half the stuff that I do now without them. Let's do a positive one. What is your absolute favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job is playing with kids. So I do a lot of therapy or play-based therapy and just being able to work with those kids and then also reporting to their parents what they're able to do and just see that progress over time is the most rewarding feeling. I really don't know where to start. I've known my coworkers for years, so we always have a great time. I love the graphic design element because I have an artist's background. Talking to people, I get to go on the radio every Tuesday and talk with Margaret Murchison, and that's always fun. Seeing the shows come together and then watching the audiences sort of react to it positively, that's amazing. So uh, I would say that's 1A through F. I would put all of those things I just listed in the same pedestal. I've had a couple of perks working at a TV station. I've been able to meet a couple of celebrities, which has been pretty cool. That press pass will get you really far. It's really fun. Um, But I think at the end of the day, having a tangible product of my creative outlet that is published is, it's really fulfilling. We don't have the biggest audience around, but I know that people see it and I know that I've put my best into it and I'm collecting it all because I just want, you know, in 50 years to go back and, and look at it all and see what I created. Connecting organizations and people in the community so that more people can receive services, more people can have access. And I I don't know, I just think the connections are very valuable in our community at every level, whether it's elected officials or whether it's wherever we are and whatever we're doing. I think making the connections are very important and critical to all of our work. Does anyone want to add a least favorite? I have a public-facing job, and I'm a social media manager, and so I have to wade into the world of social media every day, and I think everybody in this room knows how toxic it can be, right? Some days I just have to shut that part of my job off because somebody is screaming at me because the TV station was gone for a minute, or a person is in my messages telling me how awful the high school football players are. Nobody talks to my station to tell me I'm doing a great job. The only reason they want to talk to my station is when we make a mistake. So when I hear that ding, when that message comes in, 
I know something is wrong and I know I'm going to have to put out fires. And it can get overwhelming sometimes, even for a small station like me. And so I've learned to just, that's a problem I can deal with when I have the mental capacity to do it. I've, I've kind of seen the worst of what people can do on social media. Record keeping. <laughs> I think it's incredibly important. 20 years from now, I know people are going to want to know accurately what we were doing, but like filling out a spreadsheet, that's probably the more dull part of my job for sure. Last question for you all. What opportunities are there for students interested in your career field? I would recommend if you have an organization you're interested in or a job that you're interested in, reach out to that person, send them an email, ask if you can shadow them, offer to take them out for coffee, and you should pay for it because that's just the courteous thing to do. See if you can pick their brain. They might have an internship available. They might give you great advice. They might point you in the right direction. But reaching out to people can be difficult, but usually it pays off more than it doesn't, and that'd be my advice. Volunteering is really important because that can really help you get your foot in the door to a job later, if you like it, if it's a good fit. If not, go volunteer somewhere else. Our schools, our nonprofits, all of our organizations in this community, I cannot name a single one that would say, no, I don't want you to volunteer and help us. I don't want you to learn more about my organization. So that is a great way to really learn and decide if that's something you might be interested in. Um, for speech therapy, as a requirement for graduate school, you would have to have 25 observation hours. So if you know you're interested in early intervention or maybe working at a hospital or a skilled nursing facility, there are SOPs currently there doing things from swallowing to feeding therapy along with expressive and receptive language therapy that you can contact in order to secure those internships. Strictly from broadcast technology, I know camera operators, I know board operators, I know people who work in TV stations as editors, as anchors, as porters, there's video editors, audio editors, and if you do your internships, I was able to work at UNC TV, so I worked on a TV station, and then I was able to work at a radio station as well, and there's multiple jobs within each one of those jobs that you can do. So I kind of found my niche, and I figured out what I was good at, and I went that direction. Thank you, and thank you for sharing all of that. We don't often get to hear all of the um, ins and outs of the paths that people take in their academic journeys and their professional journeys, so we appreciate your advice and your insight. So again, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you. What you heard today was a portion of a discussion panel hosted by the arts career community. If you would like to take in the entire unedited conversation, including an audience Q&A, you can watch the presentation on demand from our television station, 4CNC. Check it out at 4cnclive.com. Then click on On Demand and search for Arts Career Panel. Or to learn more about the different programs that Central Carolina Community College offers in this career community, visit cccc.edu forward slash curriculum. Then scroll down to Arts. And that's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. To hear past episodes of this program, visit 883wuaw.com forward slash ccj or search WUAW on your favorite podcast app. 
And if you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8830 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation of Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations, 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for listening. ever considered a career in broadcasting? What? You mean me? Picture it now. I could be in television. Not me. I have a face for radio. Oh, come on. You're beautiful and you're so talented. I like to keep my talent off camera and away from microphones. Well, a broadcaster needs to know the ins and outs, both as a performer and as a producer. True. So how can I be in the know? Well, there's classes at Central Carolina Community College. CCCC? Yup, they call it Broadcasting Production Technology. I heard that they have real radio studios and the real television studio. That's great and all, but I want to be on YouTube. They can help with that too, and podcasting and other online content creation. You can do a year of audio, a year of video, or do both in two years. Okay, okay, you got me interested. Great! All of the details are at cccc.edu forward slash broadcasting. Questions can be asked on the phone at 919-718-7257. Think of it, those three magical words. On the air? That works, but I was thinking more like lights, camera, action. What was that number? 919-718-7257.